Thank you so much, Gary, for that music. We sure appreciate that very much. And welcome, everyone, to Christ Community Church Online. It's great to have you here. If you're listening to us on Facebook, it's wonderful to have you. You feel free to leave a comment there on Facebook if you'd like. There'll be somebody uh, there on Sunday morning to help you out. And uh, it's great to have you here. If you're listening to us on YouTube, wonderful to have you. You can also check out our webpage at uh, cccspringfield.org or our Instagram page. Or if you'd like to give, you can go to our webpage and do that as well. To my left is Joel Butler. Joel is one of the elders here at Christ Community Church. And he spoke last week. And Joel, I want to thank you for such a dynamite job as Janet and I were sitting on our couch and listening to that message. I tell you what, it was just so moving. I so appreciate it. Um, and I, I want to thank him for uh, standing in and preaching. I last week was sick. I had vertigo. Uh, somebody's asked me what that was like. And I suppose that uh, if you could take a large bowl, put three cats in it, and put that bowl on top of your head, <laughs> that's kind of what vertigo felt like. And now I just have one cat. So uh, that's great to have <laughs> you here. All right. Um, so, Joel, these are odd times, are they not? Yes, that's for sure. Definitely, uh, you know, I've, I've thought about it over the last week or so, and I could go all the way back to my first days all the way till now, and I'm like, I've never seen anything quite like it here in this country. So yeah. definitely, you know, unprecedented for, for us here in this country. I've never seen anything quite like it either. Yeah. So uh, I thought, you know, instead of us doing just a, a stand-up sermon in front of an empty auditorium, that this might be more appropriate. And uh, I really look forward to doing this with you. So thank you for sitting in and doing this. I yeah, really appreciate yeah. it. It's, it's an honor. Um, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about with this and uh, with what we're facing is, is what does faith look like during this time? Yeah. What does faith look like? And uh, just to kind of get us started, I've had some thoughts kind of rolling around in my head that, uh, you know, when people talk about faith, there's, you know, a lot of different faith streams that approach that differently. Uh, you know, for some, they say that uh, faith is absolutely believing that God is going to heal you. Or maybe in this case, I won't get the virus if I'm a Christian. Um, and, and that when you pray, you got to pray with that kind of confidence or else you don't have any faith. Yeah. And, um, and while I don't want to dog that thought, uh, that's just not been my experience with with faith, nor with, with most of God's people. That uh, you know, God's people experience a lot of travail, and so what does faith look like at a time like that? Um, you know, if you think about it, about 108 billion people have lived on the face of the earth. Now, there's only three I know of that have uh, not faced death. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and outside of that, everybody's going to die. Uh, in fact, Hebrews 9 says, you know, it's, a, uh, it's appointed unto man, you know, to, uh, to die. Yep. So it's going to happen to everybody, right? Yes. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what you think this faith, uh, and I, I'm not necessarily looking for an answer, but just uh, talk from, with me a second about what, uh, why that concerns people and uh, what that tension is like for people in their Christian life. Yeah. No, I think it's a great question, one that we, we need to be able to, to wrestle with and, and give some 
encouragement to our body on because it there I've seen both sides of it you know those that say well <clears throat> if you don't have the faith that he's going to bring you through everything then you're you're lacking faith and it's like well you know clearly we know that faith is an assurance of things hoped for a conviction of things unseen and I think these sorts of hours are exactly when your faith is tested and we do need to be strong in our faith so there's no question about that on the other hand, the reality is, is that the Lord's given us minds. He's given us wisdom. He's given us insight into things that are wise to do, to, and we're told to not test the Lord. So there's a balance between not testing the Lord and also walking, trusting that he does have this, that he is sovereign over all this. No matter whether it's life or death, uh, he, he will accomplish what he wants through us and in us. And I always go back to, you know, what Paul says, nothing's going to separate us, whether it's things right now, like this virus, or things to come, like whatever's coming around the corner next. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Mm. And when we, if we have a, a belief in that and we trust in that, it, you know, living or dying, we leave that in his hands. So in my mind, that's how you walk by faith here is trusting in the Lord, knowing he's got the end result of all this, whether the virus impacts your family directly or not, uh, entrusting your life into his hands and walking with a peace in those, in those times. I do not think it's wrong to ask the Lord, like, you know, in these Psalms, to pray that the Lord would deliver us and keep us uh, free from these viruses and that he would, he would be a shield about us. Uh, and I believe he can do that without any doubt. I have 100% confidence he can. Now, does that always mean that he'll keep us from every ailment that could come our way? I, I don't, as you've already stated, I don't think that that's, that's fully the case here. We can see it in the, in the biblical record. He would allow people at times that were his own people to go through times of turmoil and famine and plague and other things. Uh, it wasn't that he disowned them, but rather he was moving them, working with them, working through them testing and encouraging and developing their faith. So I see it as a great opportunity, actually, for faith, this sort of situation. In fact, like I mentioned last week in my sermon, is that when everything's great, your faith is sort of, in a way, it's a little bit that time's out of the picture. You're just going along and trusting your own job, your income, your, the way you normally live. All of a sudden, when something like this comes along, your faith you know, you, you go back to your foundations of what do you believe right. about an unseen God? Right, right. So, I know both of us have families and we have children. And uh, I imagine a lot of our audience, they're sitting around a couch watching this. To me, it's a great question to ask uh, after this message is over. Ask your kids, ask your spouse, what do you think faith looks like during this time? And that's a great discussion to have, uh, you know, around your family and uh, to spur conversation about just allowing the Lord to enter into this. What does that really look like to have the Lord to depend upon him during this time and to, to see his power at work? Um, you know, people are getting accused of being in panic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and even people that just make preparations are, you know, well, you know, I don't want to panic. Well... What is panic for one person might not be panic for another. But having said that, there is, I think, a state of the heart 
that takes place in terms of being really fearful. Uh, one of the uh, Proverbs 29.25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Yes. Now that, you know, that has an interesting application for us, you know. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that, uh, Christians, who maybe go to war. Mm -hmm. They could quote that verse. Does that mean that they won't see any injury or death? Um, you know, I'm not sure you could necessarily make that claim for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, or that there won't be a Christian that would ever get sick of a coronavirus. Mm -hmm. We know that that's already happened. Yep. Um, what does that mean, do you think, to be safe uh, in, a, in, a, in a passage like this and applying it in a time like this? Yeah. Well, I think that that's an excellent uh, verse to bring out because we see the that very thing lived out right here in our grocery store aisles and everything else <laughs> that that the fear of man is is in a sense you know people are falling right into this snare and of of being so af deathly afraid of what's what's happening yes, yes they don't have anything to put their hope and their faith in and so they put their hope and their faith in man systems, Walmart and grocery stores and any other institution out there that they think is going to come through and save the day. Maybe it's the pharmaceutical companies. Um, and you get, they get so worried with the fear of man facing this that they do end up panicking. And it's a, it is a right. real panic. I right. mean, I've seen pictures of people with shopping carts with eggs as far as the thing is wide right, and over the right, top. And I'm right. like, I hope that you have ready to eat all those fairly quickly because they do eventually go bad. <laughs> That's right. You can't freeze them. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, you're right. There, there's advantages of being prepared and the Lord can give us signals and indications and it's, it's time to be prepared. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that this is some, what we're going through right now is, is imminent of his return, but we do know when he spoke, to his disciples about his return, he did give some things to say, you know, there's, there's things to be ready for. And when you see certain things, take precautions, right? Yeah. Flee to the hills, get out of the way. If you're living in Judea during these times. So, I mean, I look at it here today and you talk about the fear of man laying a snare versus trusting in the Lord and living in safety. It's back to that idea of being at peace that whatever the Lord has, that's Again, good. life or death, I can be safe in the Lord's house. And I can have confidence in my heart that he's got this, no matter whether it impacts my family and my parents That's good. or not. So, I heard a, uh, or actually read a quote the other day of a pastor um, that said that any other pastor who was not opening his church up during this time is a coward. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, whoa, now that's, uh, that sounded a, a little more than bold to me. That's almost very cavalier yeah, <laughs> about yeah. these kinds of things. And now, admittedly, that was before a lot of these, uh, the last couple days, you know, we've had a lot of uh, government officials saying, you know, nobody over 10, things like yeah, that. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know what he's yeah. going to do now. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, but he made it sound like, well, I'm going to obey God and not man. Yeah. And um, now, to me, I might see that as perhaps a little more cavalier than, uh, you know, because I think we can't honor our government officials. And the fact is, is we can meet like this and still disseminate God's word and still communicate. You know, we don't plan on doing this forever, yeah. uh, Lord willing. 
Um, uh, we still want to meet together as God's people. But um, I, I want to shift a little bit yep. to the the main passage I want to talk about in Second uh, Samuel chapter ten, and uh, it's a it's a historic example that I think would give our people a um, a scenario to think about to talk about in your homes. And I'd just like for Joel and I just to introduce it to you, talk about it a little bit. And then uh, when we're done, I'd love for you to uh, discuss it with your, uh, with your family. Um, and, and in 2 Samuel 10, it depicts a battle between Israel and the Ammonites in Syria. And uh, apparently uh, David had sent some emissaries to Hanun, the king of the Ammonites. And this guy had some um, officials that worked with him that said that basically David was up to no good. Yep. And so he had these emissaries, he, he had their beards cut off, and then he had their clothes taken off at the hip. So it was very emasculating, yep. you know, to walk in public like this. It was very embarrassing. And it really was an act of war. And David took it as that. It's like, okay game on, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, the, the Syria and the Ammonites, after David uh, had his army go into this land, Syria and the Ammonites were on both sides. And then we read this passage. It says this. Uh, when Joab, that's the, the leader of, of Israel, general, army, yeah. yep, saw the battle was set against him, both in front and the rear, he chose some of the best men of Israel and arrayed them against the Syrians. The rest of the men he put in charge of Abishai's brother, and he arrayed them against the Ammonites. And he said, if the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help them. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I shall help them. Be of good courage and let us be courageous for our people and for the cities of our God and may the Lord do what seems good to him. And it struck me there that, that he's exhibiting faith, but he's saying, I'm not really sure how this is going to turn out. Yeah. Um, and, and he didn't necessarily know what the future would hold, but he knew of some things to do in the moment. You know, he was to be courageous. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think there's a lot of instruction there for us. And I, I'll just kind of leave it there and let you kind of yeah. uh, uh, comment on that. What do, you, what do you think of that passage? You know, I love these sorts of narrative stories where you can see individuals walking out their faith and walking for the Lord in a time of, in a level of uncertainty. They, they don't know for sure how it's going to go. And there's a number of passages like this. And I think it's, it is good to pull those out and say, look, there's times where um, we as believers, you know, take action for the Lord or take a step of faith, trusting that the Lord's going to do something. We don't know exactly the ins and outs of how it's going to work out, but we call upon him to lead and guide. I mean, you can see Joab being wise, though, too, saying, I'll take this group, watch this side. Abishai, you watch on this side. And if I'm getting inundated and overpowered, you come to help me. If you're getting inundated and overpowered, I'll come to help you. 
that's a that's a step of wisdom and pre being right. prepared. Right. Saying I'm going to go into this. I'm not going to just haphazardly think we're just going to waltz into this. We're still going to go into this with some some tactics, and yet we're also going into it waiting to see how the Lord leads, and and we'll we'll aid each other as as need be uh, as the Lord allows this battle to unfold. So I mean, the reality is there's 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 several passages like this in the scriptures where individuals have these perhaps types of statements like I, I sticking with the, the the Samuel sort of passages there's a time in second Samuel or sorry first Samuel 14 where Jonathan goes out and takes a step of faith while his dad Saul's under a tree and sort of unable to take any action against the Philistines and Jonathan goes out and he says to his armor bearer he goes we're going to go out and we're going to walk down through this valley and we're going to yell up at the Philistines. And if they call for us to come up, then we know that the Lord's giving, given them into our hand. But if they don't call, then we'll know that it's, we'll, we'll head on back. Right. So it's, it's the same sort of principle. We'll head out. We don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but we're going to call upon the Lord. We're going to see how he moves. And then we'll respond as he lays forth the next step in front of us. Yes, yes. So. And I think if we think about our lives, we're, a lot of us are expressing faith that way. We're trusting the Lord. We might take a new job, buy a new home, you know, move to a new city. We don't know exactly how the future is, yeah. uh, what it's going to present to us. Yeah. But we, we sense that the Lord is wanting us to do it, and we're going by faith and yeah. asking the Lord to bless that and, and, and be, be a part of that. The next part of that passage where it talks about showing courage, courage yeah. intrigues me. Because it means not only are they to act, but they're to be resolute as they act. Yeah. And they're doing this for their country, and they're doing it for their God. I mean, it gives this uh, divine unction that they're applying to this. They know that God wants them to, to be in this battle. Uh, they know that God is behind them. They know that they're protecting their people. And uh, now that, to me, has some really good application for us. But I, I think of like, for instance, our church, all right? What can we do as a church now? I mean, we're in our homes. And who knows, we may, you know, while this is being filmed, you know, we may have a, a government entity to say, hey, you can't leave your homes for a certain yep. amount of time or whatever. I don't know. Yep. But what can we do as a church? You know, our church has several values that, that we've coined. One is that we do the hard thing, that, you know, there are, there are things that the Christian life calls us to do, and uh, in, in ministering to others, it's not necessarily the easiest thing, but it's a life of obedience, a life of faithfulness, and if we're true disciples of Christ, we are called to do the hard thing. Uh, we loosen our grip. Now, if there ever was a temptation to hold tight to worldly things, yeah, it's right now. Right now, I have never seen in all of my years a time quite like this, yeah. where you know the the valuable commodity is toilet paper, right? <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> hand sanitizer, right? Who would have ever thought, you know? Yeah. Um, but these these the Lord must just be, He just must be laughing. Look yeah. what these people think. Are valuable, you know. know. It's, it's really now. I'm, you know, we all use toilet paper. We all use hand sanitizer. I'm not saying we don't use it, 
But to think that that's the preeminent thing that's to hold the on thing to, that right. we got to hold on to. You know, and so what gives us security? Is it is it the amount of money? Is it hand sanitizer? Is it toilet paper? Yeah. And I think when you know the Lord, you realize security is not in that. And so um, uh, we loosen our grip on those things. We realize that there's a there's an eternal value. There is a a Christian life to live where we learn that our security is in other things. We overcome distractions. Um, you know, we have opportunity now in our homes to come together and to worship, to truly rest in the Lord, to truly allow our children, our grandchildren, to see the beauty of Christ. Yeah, amen. What a great opportunity for the yeah. church to be the church and for us to really taste community maybe like we've never done it before. Uh, and I know you do a great job with that with your kids and, and, your, and your family. Try our best. And, and all, yeah. we, all we can do is just be intentional. Yeah. None of us are perfect at it, but just be intentional to invite the Lord to be, be a part of that community. We know our neighbor. You know, we've got in our neighborhood some elderly people that, you know, we want to check on and make sure they're okay, even at a, at, at a time like this, that life is just not about us that we have other people that, that, that we're to minister to. And then we get out of the boat, that we learn to express our faith in extravagant ways. What does that mean? Now, I, I can't answer what each one of those mean for everyone, but I think it behooves us to all think in those ways. All right, what, Lord, are you asking us to do? How can we be courageous? And so we say, we do the hard thing, we loosen our grip, we overcome distractions, we know our neighbor, we get out of the boat. We know yeah, we yeah. have to do those things. Yeah. So for CCC to be the church it's called to be, we continue to do those things. Yeah. And this is an hour where, where we can see the testing of our faith in those, those sort of goals and right. those sort of uh, objectives to say, this is a time when we can put a lot of these things to practice. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... Clearly, you know, you look at things like distractions. Well, I mean, we're all at home. We don't have jobs that, like with mine, my, my job, Sam, I'll just work at home. Kids, school, no school for a while, kids. I mean, it's like the distractions have been, actually, Chris and I were talking about this. Normally, our daily lives would be soccer, another soccer practice, maybe a dance thing, then you know, have to get some food on the table and then, you know, get up, you get them. To, I mean, it's just, it's, it's go, go, go. Right. So this is an opportune time to right. lay aside because the distractions, thank the Lord, have been moved aside. It's like, you're going right. to need to, you're going to have to call upon me, turn to me, move your families towards me, try to move, move in your neighborhood to help others, uh, do things that, that, you know, in the past, a month ago, were a lot harder for you to find the time to do it. Now you can do it. So I do think this is a great time for us to live these values out. And uh, um, so I, I, you know, you and I have already talked about it even before this, that this is an hour that I think the church can shine. I really, I really, really do. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the word that I thought of was, you know, the Hebrew word Shabbat, Sabbath. Yeah. You know, if, if you've never practiced that, this is a great time yeah. to do that. You know, really, truly, God's rest. You're you're inviting the Lord into our home and really wanting his presence to emanate yeah. and helping our kids to experience that, that you, you know, now th this is, this is um, a, a 
radical move, but you turn Netflix and Amazon off. Yeah, that's super radical. It is. <laughs> no, no, no phone. And, and yeah. you spend time together as a family for a period of time. I'm not saying you can't watch those things, but I'm saying that at least for a period of time, yeah. you, you allow the Lord to enter in and, and be a part and focus on him. Uh, you're right. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. And then not that it's just our four no more. There's a whole other world to reach. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is this is a great time to reach those folks. It is. It is. It really is. Because they're, they're facing this without the hope that we have here. Yeah. So when I have conversations with people at work and on the phone and things, it's it's opportunities. You know, there, yeah. there are definitely not opportunities out there. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great hour for us. Uh, and, and, and I was thinking as you were talking about Sabbath, that it's amazing that the world is in this panic and they're panic stricken and fearful. Uh, and you just turn on the news and it's just constant. You see plots of exponential curves and, and pictures of things that are very, very alarming and all these stats all around the globe. And to think that we as believers can actually rest, we can have enjoy a time of rest and know yes. it's, it's okay. We're, yes. the, the Lord's on his throne in fact, if anything, I'm saying the Lord's actually shaking the realm of mankind a little, trying to get get some yes. get some activity here. So, anyway, I think these are, are opportunities for us. Yeah. Yes, it's like we can bring a calmness, yeah, uh, a steady hand to this. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Yep. Uh, there is an illustration by Charles Spurgeon, and I believe and the reason I want you to do this and read this for us is because um, I believe it's Psalm 91, which you preached mm. on last week. And, um, and he had some serious issues to deal with during his time, in, uh, right around the turn of 1900. Um, and um, if you don't mind, would you mind reading some of the things that he wrote yeah. about his experience there that I think would uh, be a wonderful way to kind of get us, uh, turn the corner, and yeah. then, then I have something else I wanted to share after that. So we read this. In the year 1854, when I had scarcely been in London 12 months, the neighborhood in which I labored was visited by Asiatic cholera, and my congregation suffered from its inroads. Family after family summoned me to the bedside of the smitten, and almost every day I was called to visit the grave. I gave myself up with youthful ardeur to the visitation of the sick, and was sent from for sent for from all corners of the district by persons of all ranks and religions. I became weary in body and sick at heart. My friends seemed falling one by one, and I felt or fancied that I was sickening like those around me. A little more work and weeping would have laid me low among the rest. I felt that my burden was heavier than I could bear, and I was ready to, to sink under it. As God would have it, I was returning mournfully, mournfully home from a funeral when my curiosity led me to read a paper which was wafered up in a shoemaker's window in, in the Dover Road. It did not look like a trade announcement, nor was, it, uh, for, nor was it, for it bore in a good, bold handwriting these words from Psalm 91. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. The effect upon my heart was immediate. 
faith appropriated the passage as her own. I felt secure, refreshed, girt with immortality. I went on with my visitation of the dying in a calm and peaceful spirit. I felt no fear of evil, and I suffered no harm. The providence which moved the tradesman to place those verses in his window, I gratefully acknowledge. And in the remembrance of its marvelous power, I adore the Lord my God. For this is no ill, thy cause shall daunt, no scourge thy tabernacle haunt. It is, it is impossible that any ill should happen to the man who is beloved of the Lord. The most crushing calamities can only shorten his journey and hasten him to his reward. Ill to him is no ill, but only good in a mysterious form. Losses enrich him. S sickness is his medicine. Reproach is his honor. Death is his gain. No evil in the strict sense of the word can happen to him, for everything is overruled for good. Happy is he who is in such a case. He is secure where others are in peril. He lives where others die. Losses enrich him. Sickness is his medicine. Reproach is his honor. Death is his gain. Yeah. Now you talk about a topsy-turvy perspective. Yeah. That's it. Um, I know we're out of time, but I, I wanted to share one other thing that um, different plagues that have happened throughout history, and uh, particularly in the second and third century, the reputation of the Christians was that these were the ones on the front lines. And I'll tell you what, I want to first say thank you to the first responders. Thank you to those in our hospitals. Thank you to those that don't have a choice and they're out there working and doing whatever they can to help uh, those that are in need. Uh, God bless you. May God protect you as you do that. Um, but I, I was wanting to read something by Martin Luther. And, uh, and Luther was dealing with the bubonic plague that uh, hit Wittenberg. And he said this, and this was in 1527. Um, he said that he refused cause to flee the city and to protect himself, and that he stayed and he ministered to the sick. And he wrote a track about this, and this is what he said. Um, he said, we die at our posts. Christian doctors cannot abandon their hospitals. Christian governors cannot flee their district. Christian pastors cannot abandon their congregations. The plague does not dissolve our duties. It turns them to crosses on which we must be prepared to die. I was sharing that with Janet today, and I mean, I'm just like, hey, where do you hear that kind of message today? Um, and yet, that was a man who understood. If I live, that's a win. If I die, that's a win. And I'm the Lord's. Yeah. Whatever becomes. And faith means I'm going to continue to live this life to the fullest, to obey God no matter what, no matter what the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love well my Lord and others around me. Amen. And so I want to thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, uh, thanks for inviting morning. me. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Uh, this, this was so enjoyable. And I want to thank all of you for watching us on YouTube or on Facebook. God bless you, and may you continue to seek the Lord.